right. Hey guys, welcome back to the Freedom Guide podcast. I am really excited for today's episode because I'm a huge history nerd. I love talking about uh, the history of communist China because right now they're pretty much our biggest rival. Um, and the CCP of today is the CCP that uh, was rising to power in the 20th century, committed major awful atrocities throughout the 20th century and continued to do it up until now. And now we're dealing with them today. And so us understanding their history and how their history relates to us now today and to what we're seeing in America with the rise of the radical left is super duper important. So just a reminder, freedom is a lifestyle. We have to be active in our pursuit of preserving this lifestyle that is the American way. Okay. A lot of people don't want to do politics. They say, I don't want to do politics. I just want to be left alone. So that's why we have this new initiative, the Freedom Guide, because we really want to make sure that everybody knows uh, what's going on around them, how they can have a positive change, and and that can be done at the individual, family, community, and na- national level. So with that, let's get started. We are talking about the cultural revolution that we're going through in America today, because it's the holiday season, baby, and uh, it's a huge cultural aspect of a society, uh, annual traditions, holidays, and I believe, I've I've said this for quite some time now, I believe that we are going through a cultural revolution in America the same way communist China went through theirs in 1966 through 1976. Now, if you haven't heard about it, I'm not shocked. Our public education system sucks at teaching the history of communist China and in general the horrors of communism throughout the 20th century. So that's also why I like to talk about this stuff because I want to get you what the public school system did not get you. Now, so like I said, I think we're doing pretty much what China did. We're going through a cultural revolution the way that they did, but just a little bit different. We're doing it in American style, and it's very sad. Now, for this episode, I want to give you a quick little history lesson, and then we're going to get into the two action items that I have for you guys. Um, The history lesson is going to be about China's cultural revolution, and then we're going to talk about what the heck's going on in America, and then we'll get into those action items. To, to give you guys the context of why I'm so concerned about what's going on in America today, so you guys know, so Mao Zedong was the leader of communist China, and he wanted to have a little army of people that could do his bidding, and so he created the Red Guard, and it was all these young students. He basically prepared and trained and indoctrinated a, a generation of young kids into becoming what was called the Red Guard. It was young, radical supporters, and and Mao made it so that these guys were obsessed with him. These kids were obsessed with serving Mao. They loved him so much. They were obsessed with serving him, and specifically with carrying out the values that were written in Mao's little red book. So he had this little red book. It was all these phrases that everybody in communist China was supposed to live by now under the new communist regime. So the Red Guard, their job was to basically make sure everybody was following the little red book. And it became such a craze, you guys, that Mao Zedong couldn't even control the little army of gremlins that he created. They started going crazy. They were attacking each other. They were fighting each other, saying, you're not holding up to the values of the red book. You're failing to do it in this way. You're doing this. You guys are now enemies of the state. They were attacking each other. They were attacking pretty much anything that they thought didn't believe in or properly implement the rules that were laid out in Mao's little red book. Now, to give a little side note on this, you know how Black Lives Matter is is fully fine with identifying as trained Marxists, uh, Patrice Cullors, it was this huge controversy that the founder, co-founder of Black Lives Matter did an interview. And on the interview, 
she was doing it with a radical leftist host. And the host was like, you know, we're really worried that you guys have all this attention, all this is, uh, excitement built up around you. You have all this money. They had $90 million fundraised for them in 2020. We're, we're worried that you're not going to put it to the right use and that you're not ideologically rooted. So to calm the worries of this radical leftist interviewer, Patrice Cullors, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, said, oh, no, sir, don't worry. We're trained Marxists. We are deeply rooted in ideology, baby. We... Uh are trained Marxists. I mean, come on, are you kidding me? So she's a trained Marxist. And then what recently happened, I think earlier this year, Patrice Schoolers got in trouble once again because footage came out from her, I think in early 2010s, when she's she had a book that she wrote and she's at an event to speak and she tells the story of how when she was doing something before the event, a student came up to her and said, I love your book. It reminds me of Mao's Little Red Book. So Patrice is telling the story, and Patrice says, so he's telling me that he thinks my book is like the Mao's Little Red Book. And I said, that's exactly the goal. That's exactly my point. Greg grabbed the book, and he said, it's like Mao's Red Book. And I was like... Man, that's what I was thinking. And it was just really cool to hear him make that connection. I was like, how about you buy like 10 to 15 of these books and you all have like a youth like organizing group where you talk about it and you really try to engage this. And we can just kind of, we need to build off of this. And so that leads me to um, a point that I, I actually wanted to kind of focus on today, which is um, I think I have a, a really important role and speaking to youth, I, I have, maybe it's because I came in the movement at 17 and a half, so I have like just a knack for knowing how to organize young people into this organization and kind of teach them this, this politic and then hear them now organize other people. What? Are you kidding me? So, so the co-founder of Black Lives Matter intentionally wanted her book to be seen in the same way by Americans as Mao's Little Red Book was seen by young people in communist China at the beginning of the Cultural Revolution that led to 20 million people dying and thousands of political leaders purged and pretty much the economy collapsing and the culture collapsing uh, further because communism was already ruining it. Now, to give you guys even more context, let's go back to what was going on in China. So in this cultural revolution that was started with the creation of the Red Army and then the, you know, the little red book and everybody had to live by these new values that Mao wrote down for them. What the goal of the revolution, cultural revolution was to do was to eliminate the four olds of China so that they can rebirth themselves and be this new regime, a new nation for the communist way of life. And what were the four olds? They were old customs, old habits, old culture, and old thinking. So you hear about these olds that were eliminated in China because it was how the communist regime, the leaders, the Red Army, how they knew that they would be able to start controlling society and changing society for their communist state. They had to get rid of all the old ways of thinking. How's that happening in America? That's something I've been tracking now for quite some time because I always think back to the four olds. I think that's what's happening in America today. The elimination of the old way of life, the old way of thinking. How could it be happening here though? I mean, if you think about it, remember when this all started with like Christopher Columbus statues and saying the pledge in school and having Bibles in school, that was a while ago. 
they took those out and everybody was worried what would happen. And then they started attacking things like Christopher Columbus statues. And then they went after founders statues, but founders that had slaves and then just any founders. And then it turned into tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln because apparently he didn't do enough. They said that he didn't do enough for black people. And then they started going for the founding documents. Um, I, I can't even believe this, but if you look online at the U.S. National Archives, their versions of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights, which are our first ten amendments to the Constitution, um, they all have, quote, harmful language alert tags. That is at the U.S. National Archive. Our founding documents have harmful language alert tags because people these days have so far abandoned the American way of thinking that they see the, the documents, the greatest political documents in human history that guaranteed the liberty, dignity, and happiness of, of all members here as harmful, harmful content because we're so weak we are so far removed from reality that that's where we are now. It's It's been this shift in mindset. It's been the removal of the American way of life from the education system, American history from the education system. And it's all leading to this, this revolution in thought where now America's founding documents are, are harmful. Ugh. So, and then we also look at just with the founders, it wasn't just the statues, but then we started to see their names were removed from schools that they used to be on because they're, they're bad guys. They are evil guys now, according to this. And all of it was really, really sad to me. So, so seeing this and knowing that in radical leftist uprisings, they usually like to either rewrite history or erase history and remove things that are usually celebrated by the society as a whole for, and like a uniting thing, things that bring us together. They're all being stripped away from us. Uh, and so those are some of the more core things, but then what are some others? Some other things that really caught my attention this year were, first of all, in the San Antonio area is my house. And that means I'm by the Alamo. So in Texas, this was pretty recent, you probably look it up. Leftists and liberals in Texas decided to have their new, you know, anti-white nationalist, super, you know, CRT, critical race theory initiative. And they wanted to make it so that these schools, the public schools of Texas could no longer teach that the men and women at the Alamo that were killed, the Alamo, we can't teach that they were heroes. That's what they wanted. They didn't want them to be taught that they were heroes because it would teach the kids that these people were heroes when in reality they were white settlers on Mexican land. And when you look at Texas and you look at how proud the people of Texas are of Texas heritage, of Texas history, and specifically of the Alamo, it just seems so in line with the Cultural Revolution of China to say, what, is, what are some of the most prominent things for the people of that state or for the people of this country? What do they love? What do they value? What do they respect? What do they all unite around? It's stories like the Alamo. It's, it's the history like the Alamo. And now you have the leftists trying to enact legislation that would prevent teaching that the people of the Alamo were heroes because we don't want to teach the kids that white settlers on Mexican land were heroic disgusting. 
Another example, and this, you know, this might seem a little more fun, but I, I've, I've talked about this before. Another example is just not, not attacking like the founding documents and the founders' statues and, and all these big historical things, but it's also just the little things about our day-to-day, about our society, about our culture. One of them, if you think about like, what is American? Apple pie, right? As American as apple pie is a phrase. So there was an article again, right in line with deleting or erasing the four olds of, of our society, our customs, habits, culture, and thinking. There's an article that said apple pie is racist. And you could laugh at it if you want, but reading it, I was like, whoa, this is legit. The article is titled Food Injustice Has Deep Roots. Let's start with America's apple pie. And I'm going to read some of this out for you guys so you can see like how ridiculously woke these people are, but also how intent they are on erasing things that are just innocent American iconic symbols. So from amnesia about apple pie to burger battlefields, author and academic Raj Patel says today's food justice fights have long bloody histories. Resting on gingham cloth, a sugar crusted apple pie cools on the windowsill of a Midwestern farmhouse. I would love one of those. Nothing could be more American. Officially American. The Department of Defense once featured the pie in an online collection of American symbols alongside Uncle Sam and cowboys. Not that apples are particularly American. Apples were first domesticated in Central Asia, making the journey along the Silk Road to the Mediterranean 4,000 years ago. Apples traveled to the Western Hemisphere with Spanish colonists in the 1500s in what used to be called the Columbian Exchange, but is now better understood as a vast and ongoing genocide of indigenous people. Not that the recipe for apple pie is uniquely American. It's a variant on an English pumpkin recipe. By the time the English colonized the New World, apple trees had become markers of civilization, which is to say property. In Virginia, apple trees were used to demonstrate to the state that the land had been improved. John Chapman, better known as Johnny Appleseed, took these markers of civilized property to the frontiers of U.S. expansion, where his trees stood as symbols that indigenous communities had been extirpated. Not that the sugar on the crust is uniquely American. Sugarcane was brought to the U.S. by Jesuits in 1751, but most U.S. sugar remained an import until the Haitian Revolution, when enslaved workers seized the French colony in 1791. European capitalists sought new sugarcane fields and workers. French merchants of sugar and slavery landed in Louisiana in the late 1700s. Within 50 years, the U.S. produced a quarter of the world's sugarcane. Not that the gingham on which our apple pie rests is uniquely American. Columbus recorded cotton being used and worn during his first voyage by indigenous hosts. The gingham pattern likely originated in Southeast Asia, the word deriving from the Malay gangang, a stripped cloth that arrived in Europe as Europe colonized Asia. Cotton from India became central to the British East India Company, representing three quarters of the corporation's exports by 1766. Since this is quite a lot to acknowledge, it is easier to misremember. In the drama of nationalist culture, the bloody and international origins of the apple pie are subject to a collective amnesia. In the imagining of the American community, the dish is transformed into a symbol of domesticity. By 1910, it's possible for a theater review to celebrate a wholesome play as American as apple pie. 
Do you see where it's just a little creepy why they must attack every aspect of American culture and symbolism as racist and deserving of, of such disrespect and attack? Like, what in the world is that? It's cultural revolution. I'm telling you guys. So, now that being said, Merry frickin' Christmas, right? Why am I bringing this up? Because what is a huge important part of society in general, of a civilization, of a society, of a country, it's, it's our annual traditions. It's the things we gather around for. It's the things we look forward to. It's the things that bring us together. And in a large way, it's our holidays. We're in the holiday season right now. And for years, we have been in this battle, this ridiculous battle with the left, that Columbus Day can no longer be celebrated. Instead, they even made their own holiday called like Indigenous Peoples Day, and they celebrate that instead. But not only should Christopher Columbus's statues be torn down and should any schools named after Columbus have their names changed and yada yada, but now we can't celebrate the day on a, an important day in American history, in world history. And Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is racist now too, in case you guys didn't know. I mean, it's been years now down this path of we have to honor the Native Americans instead on Thanksgiving, instead of the original lesson that was taught to Americans of it brought us together. Instead, we're told that we gave the Native Americans smallpox and we should feel horrible for it. And the Americans are still on stolen land. It's I wonder, do they care about actually honoring Native Americans and their heritage and history, or do they just want to attack every aspect, every fiber of American society? And now Christmas. When the heck did it even get started that we can't say Merry Christmas? Like, does anybody know what year? If you know what year, please message me. I was trying to find it, but like, I remember when I was in school as a young kid and everybody was talking about, oh no, now you got to say happy holidays. And it was just seemed like this subtle thing of like, oh, you're right. There's a lot of holidays that happen around this time of year. We should say happy holidays. Gosh, darn it. I'm going to start saying Merry Christmas very aggressively now because now I'm very firm in the idea that they are trying to strip away basic American tradition, heritage, and culture by doing this to every single one of our holidays. They find a problem with all of it. They're finding a problem with the recipe of apple pie saying it's racist and rooted in slavery and, and racism and s colonization and all these things. I am not falling for their narratives around each individual one anymore because I'm pretty sure that they're just attacking every aspect of our society to implement their cultural revolution the same way that communist China wanted to go after the old customs, old habits, old culture and old thinking. That's what is happening here. So what do we do to fix this? Because it's already fully implemented, if you ask me. They're just going one by one, thing after thing. And and to us, it doesn't seem like much is happening because like maybe they attack about the holidays and like every time the holidays come around, we're like, oh, they're getting crazy again. They're being weird about the holidays again. But if you think about it, it's like one thing after another, adding a few more things to complain about year after year, it starts to build up and you're like, what even is there to celebrate anymore? 
Is there anything you're okay with us celebrating from American history? Is there anything from our culture, our society that we're okay with celebrating? You tell us Americans don't have culture. You tell us we don't have heritage. You say all this insulting stuff to us. We do have culture and we do have heritage. And it's things like the Alamo. It's things like apple pie. It's things like Thanksgiving. It's things like Columbus Day. And you are eliminating every single one of them from society. You're ostracizing them. You're ostracizing us for believing in them still. And I think it's all for their agenda. So what do we do? Action item one is to study history, understand what happened in the past so that we can prevent it from happening in the future. And by this, I mean the tactics of the left. Just one of them is the cultural revolution. And I do a lot of work on this. We do a lot of this on the Young Americans Against Socialism side of this nonprofit. So please look into that. Um, But we have to learn from history to not repeat it, you guys. And not only that, we have to learn from history, specifically with communist China, because we're still dealing with communist China. It's fascinating. Everybody likes to act like, oh, the, the stories we hear about the one child policy and the Tiananmen Square massacre and the cultural revolution and, and the Great Leap Forward, that was all you know olden times, black and white pictures in the textbooks and stuff. No, you guys, same regime, okay? The same regime. Put that into perspective. That's wild. So we need to understand who we're dealing with because we have a lot coming up with communist China in the future. I just know it. Second and last action item is to understand, value, and protect the American way. We have culture, baby. We have American culture. It exists. Don't let them tell you that we don't. Don't let them tell you we don't have culture. Our customs, our habits, our culture, our way of thinking, we've got to pass it down. We not only have to protect it right now, we've got to pass it down to our children and defend it to those who either don't see the meaning at all and don't see the purpose or who have been taught to hate it and fight back against it and and eliminate it themselves. So to me, again, it seems like this is just, oh, a one or two kind of thing per year uh, situation where the left finds something to cancel. But when we look at it as a whole, when we look at at, a one year, two year, five year, 10 year transition of our country, we've lost so, so much to this radical wokeism that is the American cultural revolution. So final thing. When we talk about carrying on American traditions, I think it needs to be our traditions, our values, our way of thinking, our lifestyle on a big scale and a small scale. So big things could be like our our values rooted in economic independence, in faith, in morality, in, in classical liberalism, which is basically the, the principles in the bill of rights. If you think about it like that, but then also smaller things. And so when we pass down to our kids, we explain why holidays are important, why certain things are done every year. We explain the importance of every holiday. We explain traditions. We say we cook these certain recipes on this holiday because it matters because that's what our grandparents did. It's what their grandparents did. And it came from these origins. This is our American culture. And so when we start to think about it like that, I think it's really important for us to to not only protect and defend, but also share American culture with future generations and make sure that it continues for, for generations to come. Um, you guys, I'm super thankful that we are here in this country on the holidays, especially what, what a blessing it is that we get to experience this joyful time so many people don't ever get to experience like a holly jolly Christmas season. We're blessed. Okay. Merry Christmas. I will see you guys next week. We've got another great video and I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening.
Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers, and if you needed a little reminder, freedom is a lifestyle. The Freedom Guide is here to provide you with resources and information and guidance on how to live out those values that you have that are rooted in freedom. That's what it's going to take to save this country. So thank you for listening. We hope to see you next week, and be sure to follow us on our Instagram page, The Freedom Guide, to join into this great community that is growing of active Americans that want to participate and be a part of this fight to preserve, first of all, to save and protect and then preserve our country for generations to come. God bless.